Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this is the Gem Jam, where we're doing an episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms, because it is truly outrageous. And this is our part two, where we are truly, truly concerned about fathers. This is episode 24, the Gem Jam part two. If you are just joining us, we recommend that you probably want to go back and listen to the Gem Jam part one. This is one of our two-parters by Christy Marks, the eponymous Gem Jam involving a whole bunch of don't sue us names for real people. Lena Lerner, everybody. Lena Lerner. She's an original character like Model Muck and Dickie Douse. Uh, there's a gym jam going on where yeah, all these special guests are showing up and uh, they're all staying at the Starlight Mansion for reasons unknown when they could all probably afford very fancy motels. Chrissy and Dominic, who is legally friendly Michael Jackson, have kind of a hate off going on. Bonnie has fallen in love with uh, legally friendly Bruce Springsteen's drummer, Randy Newman. Uh, because he has red hair, which of course means that he must be her dad because he was once in Vietnam. His name isn't Randy Newman. Randy Newman's a real person. Wouldn't it be great if it was Randy Newman, though? Uh, and the misfits kidnap Luna Dark, who is basically Madonna, and uh, they're keeping her captive. Jim has gone to save her with some physically impossible holograms, and now she's getting attacked by dogs. So get ready for 23 minutes of Jim getting eaten by dogs. So we open where we left off in the Gabor mansion, uh, except Jem doesn't have her face pressed up against a window this time. She's now in the middle of the lawn, so up yours, continuity. She needs to be in the middle of the lawn to account for ridiculous things that happen afterwards. Jem, of course, asks Synergy for help, and to Synergy's credit, instead of making a hell beast, she instead turns Jem into pizzazz. Yeah, and, and that kind of briefly works. Not really, though. So Jem's like, Synergy, that didn't work. And Synergy's like, stay calm, which is something that you should never say to someone who's surrounded by vicious dogs when you're not. And Synergy instead turns Jem into Clifford the Big Red Dog's evil cousin. A two-story hellhound. With a great big spiky collar. And that, of course, does actually work to scare the dogs off. So Jem tears through the house, finds Luna Dark. They run off. Pizzazz hears the dogs barking, comes around to the kennel, and then shrieks, oh no, the kennel's open! It's never explained why the kennel's open. There is a quaver of fear in her voice that we have never heard before. Pizzazz is genuinely, convincingly, relatably afraid of these dogs. The dogs come back around the corner. They lock themselves in the kennel. Uh, the dogs try to attack them through it. And one of, like, my favorite bits in this episode happens. Pizzazz says that Daddy Gaborbucks is the only one who can control the dogs. And Roxy's like, so? When's he coming home? Pizzazz says, Monday, and Roxy grabs her shoulders, Monday, but today's Friday! Pizzazz, actually, her voice is very small when she says Monday. Oh no, she is actually terrified. Like, this is some great acting from, uh, from Pizzazz's voice actress. This is like one of those rare moments of vulnerability from Pizzazz where you, you actually feel bad for her. And I still have the laugh, though, because, like, the way this is played of, like, Monday, today's Friday, I, I thought it was actually, like, genuinely funny. Back at Starlight Mansion, girls are swimming at the pool. Bonnie asks Johnny uh, where Randy is. Turns out he's out jogging. Bonnie immediately goes to find him. Lena Lerner's like, wow, she sure has a crush on Randy. That's, that's weird, right? That's, that's not just me that thinks that's weird. This is something that people will do when they're like, oh, little girls have a crush or like, boy, that little boy is going to be a, a lady killer. It's like, it is uncomfortable. Bonnie roller skates after Randy and they start talking about when he was in Vietnam. Bonnie says she was born in An Lock and he knows where it is. 
and Bonnie assumes immediately that this must mean that he is her father and then she bails on Yeah, she doesn't even get father out. She's like, you must be my father. And then she trips and skins her knee and starts crying. Randy picks her up. This is just sort of a timing thing that I think is just so interesting in that, you know, we'll comment on people having different phones, not having the internet, buying records as sort of signs of how this is such a different era. But we also have things like this where Bonnie asks Randy when he was in Vietnam and he doesn't think that's a weird question because Randy is of an age where everyone about his age would have either served in Vietnam or tried desperately not to serve in Vietnam. And it's it's sort of like asking where your grandparents served in World War II. Yeah, or asking someone in LA how their screenplay is doing. It's this interesting cultural understanding that we simply don't have anymore because, of course, we have moved away from that period of time. Also a cultural change, Bonnie is not wearing a helmet or knee pads. Meanwhile, back at the mansion, Dominic is demanding that Chrissy wash his laundry. And polish his shoes. And again, he gets her attention by calling her, hey, you. Here's my clothes. Here's my shoes. Make sure you do a good job and slams the door. God, someone just curb stomp him. Oh, Chrissy is about to. She has had it. She barges into a room and is like, who do you think you are? And he replies with, I'm Dominic the Slick. The cool, the hip, and Chrissy immediately bounces back with the nasty, the loud, the conceited. God, I love Chrissy. Chrissy is on fire. She is going to wreck him through song. Yes, this is our first musical number of the episode. It's another Starlight Girls song. We kind of discussed why these were here in the last episode, so you might want to give that a listen. But this is Chrissy's song, You May Be a Star. And it's basically Chrissy's top of that. I totally love this song. Like, some of the lyrics are pretty bad because they're like, you may be a star, but... You're not cool. But she does call him a fool. And also, at some point in this, Dominic is wearing an orange sweater that just says the star on it. And we also have like half a verse that compares Dominic to Pizzazz. The important thing is the song ends with Chrissy basically just like completely wrecking Dominic by saying, what I see when I look at you is the emptiness shining through. Hello, 911. I've just witnessed a murder. She completely emotionally wrecks him and then just leaves. We cut to the practice gem jam, which I guess is a, a, a rehearsal. Gem just says, I just thought we should jam together before the big jam did were they not going to rehearse for this before jam suggested it apparently not they were like yeah i was going to suggest that too really was this not scheduled were you just going to go on stage and be like yeah okay let's uh let's go and dominic comes by and he wants to pre-jam jam with all the adults and lena says he's too inexperienced I don't think it's so much that he's experienced as she's like, oh god, it's my kid. I love how much everyone is completely fed up with Dominic in this episode. I mean, he's basically like the glam rock equivalent of Draco Malfoy. As he's wandering through the manor, he comes across the Starlight Girls practicing in their room, and he tells them they suck. I love their response, though, because they're like, yeah, and? First off, they say nobody asked you meathead, and then they're like, yeah, we know we suck, that's why we're practicing to get better, so up yours? It's not like, no, we're great. It's like, yeah, I know we suck. That's why we're practicing. I think it's kind of refreshing for a kid's show to have this attitude because a lot of cartoons have this sort of, it's important to find your talents. Whereas this show is just basically saying, if you want to do something, you have to work at it. So anyway, the swimming pool. Everybody is swimming, having a good time. Chrissy's nearby. And they start with a weird sort of opening line, some of the girls, which are like, Dominic, can you swim? And he's like, yeah, of course I can swim. 
Like, okay, so do you want to hang out with us in the pool? He looks at Chrissy and says, I wouldn't hang out in the same ocean she'd been, which is bad form. Yeah, Chrissy is already a thousand percent done with him. So she just like growls and then pushes him in the pool. And like everybody laughs because it's funny. And then they're like, wait. He's not coming back up. And our commercial break is Dominic is apparently drowning. So Memento Mori, buy our doll of Chrissy, the killer. Chrissy's going to jail soon. We come back and Chrissy dives in to save Dominic's life because I guess the other girls are either too frozen in shock at what's happening or like they don't care enough. Dominic can't even like say thank you for saving my life, nor does he ever actually. He's just like, I was teaching Chrissy a lesson. I was testing you. Yes, I can still totally swim. I mean, she was like, I wouldn't have pushed you in if I didn't know you couldn't swim. And he just, he sulks off and Chrissy, Chrissy pities him for being afraid to admit that he can't do something. And guys, I gotta say, Chrissy's compassion here is kind of humbling. Chrissy's a better person than we are. She absolutely is. She's like, she pities him and then immediately she stops thinking, well, she still thinks he's a conceited brat, but her next thought is, I want to help this, this guy who obviously has a problem. Chrissy could teach us all a lesson. I'm comfortable admitting that Chrissy's just a better person than I am. I think she should dunk him again. Later that day, apparently, Randy uh, is like, Bonnie, are you ready to go to the zoo? And Bonnie's like, yeah! And somehow Bonnie has neglected to notice that everyone in the house is going to the zoo. Nope, she thinks it's just her and her dad. Just as a side note, all of my notes on Randy refer to him as Randy Newman. Why? Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> no, not really. Did you just end up convinced that his name was Randy Newman? Yes, I did. Oh my god. Dominic, meanwhile, is back begging his mom to let him be in the jam. He's still wearing that jacket that was completely soaked and probably smells really bad right now. Lena still says, no, you can't be in the gem jam. So Chrissy, who's walking by, is like, you know, you can come to the zoo with us. And he's a jerk about that, too. Who needs a bunch of worthless girls? Really? Gendered insults on top of everything else? While you're talking to your mom in a house full of women? Come on, Dominic. She just saved your life. Lena is also completely done with him. She's like, all right, since you're so rude, you can spend the day by yourself. I have hearts around her name. And she's like, her son has a crappy attitude, but I mean, she's clearly a good mom. Meanwhile, in Tech Rat's cyberpunk wasteland home. We need a new gimmick, a real attention grabber. So much for your fancy suits and your silly balloons. Tech Rat, meanwhile, seems to be working on some kind of weaponized piggy bank. Pizzazz goes to, while she's talking about how badly she needs a gimmick, she goes to grab the thing that Tech Rat's working on. It goes haywire, starts sparking, and Pizzazz does like an anime flail. It almost breaks the lab, too. Everything goes haywire, and then Tech Rat snatches it back. What was Tech Rat working on? I don't know what this is, but it's terrifying. And over the course of the rest of this episode, the word gimmick is repeated so often that you you forget that gimmick is a word. It just comes out as noise. We, we are now at the Misfits song for the episode, Gimme a Gimmick, and... Give Me a Gimmick is like in my top five favorite Misfits songs, if not my favorite. Uh, again, it carries over from the last episode that the music videos have like an incredible budget, except for the last one, but we'll get to that. It's got so many fun visuals. It's got like a great beat and <laughs> light pens. Light pens were a thing. I don't know. There's so many pieces to this that it's hard to sort of explain what the heck happened in this music video. After the music video, Techrat says he has the ultimate gimmick. He's just mocking them at this point, isn't he? Oh, probably. So he leads them out to a warehouse 
where the door slides up and there's this blue light coming out of it and everyone's mystified and awed and horrified in equal measure. And it's basically like a scene out of 2001 with the monolith. And then Pizzazz goes, Techrat, is, is that thing safe? Techrat's like, oh, perfectly safe. And he crosses his fingers behind his back. So this is going to be great. It doesn't matter what's in there. It's going to be great. Meanwhile, bears. Meanwhile, let's have a safety interlude with Rio. Look at him. Doesn't he look silly? He may look silly, but remember, bears are very dangerous. And then we cut away immediately. Bears are very dangerous. Rio's been to the hinterlands. This takes place in the most depressing zoo. Everything is cement. There's like a couple of like ficus plants around around these little enclosures that all have these gigantic moats that don't look like they've actually had anything, any care done to them at all. This is an awful zoo. It's also worth noting that these bears that they're talking about, these are black bears with white faces. This is what the the horrifying Japanese mascot Kumamon is based off of. These are Asian black bears. Well, in one shot they are. In the rest of the scenes, they're brown bears. Yeah, the animators at Toei sort of forgot that the rest of the world doesn't have Asian black bears. So they're like, uh, they're brown now. Brown bears. Brown bears. People have brown bears, right? As they're walking around after Rio delivers his PSA, Johnny and Randy mention that they're leaving tomorrow morning. They're on an early flight. They're going to Cincinnati. And Bonnie assumes she's going with. Randy's like, what? No? We can't take eight-year-olds on tour. And Bonnie immediately, like, freaks out. She's like, but you're my father! And he's like, what? No, I'm not. Ashley is the only one here who actually sees Bonnie's logic. She's the only one who seems to know that Bonnie has a hang-up about, like, men with red hair. She is the only one that Bonnie has talked to about this. Not even Jerrica seems to understand this. So she's like, Bonnie, you can't just say he's your father just because he has red hair. And Bonnie immediately turns to the camera, and I swear, because this is her thing for the rest of the series, you just want her to say, watch me! Randy points out that he left Vietnam years before Bonnie was born, and that he was never in Anne Locke. And Bonnie's world breaks apart. She starts crying and screaming. She yells, you are my father, I'll make you prove it, and climbs into the bear enclosure. And that's our commercial break, Bonnie is about to be eaten by bears. Memento Mori. By Bonnie's doll. There's a special set where she's inside the stomach of a bear. And I mean, this is like that sea world. There are no zookeepers or employees on site for this. Uh, someone runs off to quote unquote get help, but like instead it's just a bunch of rockers saving a little orphan girl. From a bunch of bears who are probably on too many antidepressants to want to eat a little orphan girl. This is a really depressing zoo. They are probably on medication in order to keep them docile. They decide they're going to make a human ladder to rescue Bonnie. This human ladder consisted of, because these are men characters, so obviously they do all the heavy lifting. This is comprised of uh, of Rio, Johnny, and Randy. And that ladder is apparently not enough to actually get Bonnie. So Jerrica climbs down and actually like hoists Bonnie up onto the human ladder and jumps up herself as the bears close in. Okay, if if Bonnie's logic was that she was going to make Randy prove that he was her father by making him rescue her, and Jerrica's the one who rescued her, is Jerrica Bonnie's dad now? You almost want, like, Jerrica to just sort of grasp Bonnie's face after this and be like, by the terms of our agreement, I am your father now, dumpling. It's also worth noting that these bears have gone down into sort of the moat. And this is, this is of course, an empty moat because, again, this is a terrible zoo. Uh, the bears have sort of slid down into the moat, so they can't get back up to their enclosure. They are stuck. 
And Bonnie immediately apologizes and decides that she is going to be friends with not dad. And I swear this means that she is totally going to smuggle herself aboard the plane in a suitcase tomorrow morning. Meanwhile, back in the area around Starlight Mansion, Dominic is taking a sulky walk and Chrissy, who has stayed behind, is following him. And repeatedly pointing out that he's a friendless jerk, but in a nice way. Like, Chrissy is still, like, she pities him, but she's also so harsh still. Dominic climbs up a water tower to get away from her, and she's like, if you were nicer to people, maybe you'd have some friends. Dominic's like, I have lots of friends. And Chrissy immediately fires back, no, you don't. And Chrissy, despite her established poor track record with climbing things, follows Dominic up the water tower. This is the same Chrissy who followed Deirdre and Bonnie when they ran away and almost fell to her death. So Chrissy is very reasonably afraid of heights right now. Continuity, what is this? Why is this happening? So she climbs about halfway up, looks down, and then gets terrified and can't move. And Dominic actually does something decent and he helps her climb down. Yeah, he like climbs down the ladder behind her and then just basically brackets her on the way down. It's like a way of reassuring her that she won't fall, which is actually really, really nice. Yeah, it's actually kind of him and thoughtful, which is completely uncharacteristic for everything Dominic has been so far. When they get down, Dominic asks why Chrissy climbed after him. She said, so you'd listen to me. He says, that's pretty silly, but she says, yeah, but isn't it sillier to not admit you're afraid of something? Which, not really in this context, but I like the idea here. I, I can see your logic a little bit, Chrissy, but the point is, you still know you were afraid of heights and climbed up a water tower. It definitely works to Chrissy's favor because she says she makes a deal with Dominic. She will teach him how to swim if he stops acting like, quote, Mr. Macho Superstar, which I'm pretty sure is the very kind language for a gigantic jerk. He is a turd blossom. He is a proto-Rio. That's how awful he is. And that actually, I think, wraps up, like, the Chrissy-Dominic arc of this. We've tied up Bonnie's little thing, we've tied up Chrissy's thing, all that is left is the gem jam. They're all on stage at once. We also reintroduce all of our stars, especially the ones that haven't had any lines in this episode. And here's the thing, they name every person on stage, even, like, the holograms in a group, except for Lena Lerner's backup singers. They are pointedly not named and not acknowledged. Tekrat is also in the audience. Which never bodes well. Oh yeah. And before these guys can get started, he summons the ultimate gimmick. So there are lights coming in from the horizon, spiraling in. All of the people on stage kind of stop and stare off as the misfits come in, blaring give me a gimmick, as they fly in on what basically amounts to a UFO. And in fact, several people are like, oh, UFO, pointing at it. It's like a hovercraft stage with its own fog machine and lasers. And they're wearing the laser suits. So there's more lasers. It's just all lasers and fog on a giant floating platform. The ultimate gimmick. And all the people start stampeding because it's terrifying and wonderful and unwieldy. And they run into Tech Rat and his, uh, the remote control falls out and people immediately stomp on it. And he's like, no! And of course, the UFO starts spiraling out of control and goes toppling towards the horizon. As, as they're falling, the misfits are like screaming because they're going to die. The misfits are dangling from this thing, from like slight handholds. They are several stories above the earth. They're flying away on something unwieldy that could explode, judging by Techrat's weaponized piggy bank. What happens is that the gym and the holograms up front are like, Yay, the misfits! And Lena Lerner's like, good riddance. 
They just clap and applaud at these women who could die. It's like, what happened to, like, let's save Stormer's life several times when they were all stranded on a desert island? And they just go on with the show. They sort of topple down to the ground. Luckily, they're unhurt. Tech Rat runs up. My gimmick! My beautiful gimmick! It's ruined! Tech Rat. It was definitely not safe, Tech Rat. Roxy in particular screams at Tech Rat and Eric, We're gonna break your heads. Yeah, and then they just end up chasing Eric and Techrat through the woods, presumably until they run out of Angry and go home. Kind of like how we ended Intrigue at the Indy 500. As they run into the sunset, we get to the song that we've been waiting two episodes for, Jam All Night Long. This is an awful song of people impersonating real musicians. There's no point to have all these singers together. The, the sound isn't that much different. The lyrics are like, jam all night long. Mmm, it's a bad song. And it lasts like 60 seconds. And after it's done, they all take a bow. That's the end of the concert. They dragged everyone out here for a 60 second concert. And that's the end of our episode. We get a repeat of uh, of Gimme a Gimmick and You May Be a Star. And then we get a superstar segment. Which is basically the 80s equivalent of you wouldn't download a pizza. It absolutely is. It's about how you don't shoplift. Specifically, you don't shoplift music. Specifically, you don't shoplift gem tapes. Chrissy and an unnamed friend are at a music store, and the friend's like, nobody's gonna notice if I take this gem tape cassette. Tape cassettes. Ten years later, you'd be right. Gem and Aja pop out of a trash can. They're like, don't take our music. You wouldn't download a bear. Instead of stealing this, why don't you get money from your parents? Though, like, it seems like there's sort of an implied, your parents have money. Take the money. Put all those green pieces of paper into envelopes and mail them to your old pal Soupy Sales. Nobody is going to get the Soupy Sales joke. You don't have to keep in the Soupy Sales joke. No, I'm keeping the Soupy Sales joke. Well, that about wraps it up for us this time. Join us next week for Culture Clash, an episode about weird music videos and diamond smugglers. The Gem Jam comes out every Sunday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and YouTube. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Tumblr. We are the Gem Jam just about everywhere except Twitter where we are at Gem Jam Cast. We are a Patreon-supported podcast. If you like what we do and you want to give us a couple of dollars, that'd be super cool of you. If not, spread the word. That's always great. Speaking of Patreon, our introduction tier is a dollar. Uh, if you subscribe for that for three months, you actually get an on-air thank you. Our on-air thank yous this week are for Canary McBird and Riot and or the Stingers. That is their entire name. Unlike last week, neither of these people are mommies, but we love you guys all the same. We also recently got together. Uh, Kit is located up in Edmonton, and uh, we are down in Seattle, so uh, we actually got together to go watch the Gem movie, so you guys don't have to. Uh, look forward to an episode about that coming up soon, whenever we're able to actually settle ourselves from traveling and junk lately. Until next week, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been the Gem Jam, where we remind you to measure twice, cut outrageously.